Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. With that, we turn to SI.com's Mark Wogenrich. My friend, welcome. Great to see you on Saturday. Great to talk with you today. As always, Steve, my pleasure, too. It's really good to see you on Saturday. What a day that was, too. My gosh. 50 in November. Uh, yeah, 50 in November, which was phenomenal. Uh, I don't know how Sean was with all of you after the game on Saturday because I, I, you know, we we were doing the post game show. You guys were downstairs in the interview room, but when Jack and I had him on, and I asked him about his support system through all the ups and downs of being a starting quarterback in the college level, he really choked up when talking about it. How was he down there with you guys? I thought he was going to choke up, too, which he's done, I think, a couple of times this year. He used the term self-aware, and I've written that about him over the course of this season, and that he's a very self-aware quarterback. He knows his place in Penn State history. He knows his place on the field, too, at Beaver Stadium in those times when He's struggling, and there are boos, and he understands all of that, yet he has never let that outwardly become an issue. And never, I don't, you know, I'm going to send to the, if it is an inwardly an issue, he suppresses it enough, or at least he moves past it enough. At this point, he's figured out a way to deal with it. So finishing that game, to me, it was funny. I was actually kind of hoping he wouldn't throw another pass after, I don't think he would, but after the touchdown, I thought, what an amazing thing to be able to say, you bookended your career with your first pass at Beaver Stadium being a touchdown and your last pass at Beaver Stadium being a touchdown. That's a remarkable, I, I you know, that's going to be a remarkable thing to be able to look back on at some point and then have your parents there. The support system was in the tunnel with him all the way up uh, into the locker room and the media room and his lap. Uh, the, the, the reaction I think that he got in the post game, you know, taking that lap around Beaver Stadium too, seemed to me it meant a lot to him, and he was he was a much more of a big picture kind of quarterback after that game in trying to put into words what the last six years have been to him because they've not been easy, can't possibly be easy what he's uh, had to go through with the hills and valleys. But I think overall. Having, you know, the parents there, being able to play with his brother for two years, the teammates that he's had, and looking all over the, you know, the course of that career, I think you should be able to look back on that career with pride and the fact that uh, everybody was able to see it and see that finished the way it did uh, in that game at home has got to mean something. Yeah, no, no question about it. And Mark, when you look at a team that was unranked, in the preseason and you see them now with 10 wins with one to play and finish the way they did now in the top 10 what have we watched over the last three and a half, four months? What's a team that was much better than I initially gave it credit for? I mean, I was in a 9-3 and three camp uh, you know, I, I just thought they didn't probably didn't have the horsepower to beat Michigan and Ohio State this year. And then I thought there was going to be another game. There was just going to be that game 
that maybe they don't play well, and and it happens. You know, everybody has that game. Right? Michigan, Michigan, and Ohio State had that game last week. You know, they, they are nearly did anyway with the Illinois and Maryland, respectively. But what impressed me the most is that after they lost to Michigan, they came back and pounded Minnesota. After they lose Ohio State, they came back and pounded for a Big Ten opponent. You can argue competition, sure, that they, you know, that their schedule might have been front-loaded. The Big Ten, the Big Ten teams they played at the end were not the best teams in the conference, obviously, and so on and so on. But winning out of the gate at Purdue that Thursday night, Purdue is in the Big Ten title game. Michigan, the two teams they lost to, Michigan and Ohio State, are now top five. So. I, over the course of this weekend, I'm seeing, you know, the, the what-if scenarios of a playoff. You know, what happens if, 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 and somehow Alabama, you know, uh, sneaking its way or maybe, like, rising its way back into contention. I would argue if you're going to make the argument for Alabama, you have to almost make it then for Penn State as well. I don't think either one obviously has an argument. But if you want to, if you want to compare resumes for this season, I don't like about programs historically, but for this season, they would have similar resumes, and that is a that's the number one overall ranked team to start the season, you know, mostly, and an unranked team to start the season. So your paths, and that really to me just goes to show your paths can really, really uh, go in a variety of ways that you do you ultimately may or may not expect. That would be number one, maybe being five or six, and unranked being probably eight. So they'd be within two or yeah. three of each other. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Con- conventional wisdom, as we all know, and we have got to make sure that we make sure everybody understands what the conventional wisdom is, says that these, this hour before the games are played this weekend, it would be the Cotton Bowl with Tulane. But the Rose Bowl is possibly in play, and you and I both know Pat Kraft would be working hard to convince people of that. What is the scenario that does allow that to happen? I've already talked myself into that, and I wrote about that over the weekend, that the Rose Bowl, if you read their their uh, selection procedures, they leave the door open for situations just like this. They use the word traditionally will invite the next highest-ranked team from the conference if the conference loses the team to the playoff. They also, well, use, that, the word, they also yep. use the word caveat. Which I thought exactly. was interesting. That's exactly right. So the next highest ranked team, obviously, is Ohio State. Ohio State is essentially the next highest ranked team for two bowls. You know, the uh, the, the Rose Bowl and the Orange Bowl, being that uh, that Big Ten, SEC, Notre Dame contract kind of team. So to me, it's a it's a it's a natural almost swap or fit, however you want to describe it to send Ohio State to the Orange Bowl. It is not in any way a diminished capacity bowl. They are the qualifier. If they finish number five, they are the de facto qualifier for the Orange Bowl in that, you know, in their, their Rose, or in the Orange Bowl scenario, which makes a great fit for Penn State to the Rose with Ohio State having been there last year and two of the last four. I think it's, I mean... To me, I don't think it's an outlier possibility in, in any way. I think that's something that really could be uh, neither bowl is, an, is is a bad choice, rose or cotton. But I, you know, I think the way that would work, uh, the rose it, it wouldn't 
it, not to say that it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think it would be. I think it's a it's a viable choice. It's a viable alternative for the Rose Bowl in this year. And okay, and this goes with Michigan winning, because obviously yeah, well, if, per, well, if Purdue wins, Purdue, they go right, to the Rose right. Bowl, right? Right. And conversely, the opponent would be either Washington, highest ranked team, or Utah if they were to beat. USC, they would be the Pac-12 champion, and they would get the bid. So, I mean, and, it's yeah, it's and it, even more it's so, it. right? Like ahead, it, even more so, if Utah does win, goes to the Rose Bowl, you're good. That's a, that's a rematch of last year, obviously. Right. Utah, I mean, it could be if if obviously it's not the playoff. Right. Uh, yeah, and that again, conventional wisdom says mm-hmm. cotton. The Rose is not, though, out of the realm of possibility. In fact, it may be a greater possibility maybe than some people are thinking, especially if C.J. Stroud decides not to play. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a very big possibility in, in my view. I, at, at some point, I might even be I, I might even turn toward the idea that it would be more possible because if you think of the matchup possible, you know, Penn State, Washington. Ohio State, Clemson. I know they played, but still a fascinatingly uh, an interesting matchup. And then uh, Tennessee and the Group of Five team in in the uh, in Dallas for the Cotton Bowl. I think a lot of that is pretty sensible. Yeah, it is. It is. It is sensible. Uh, and Alabama going to the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, right. Right. When it's all said and done, when you look at the kids. Because this is an interesting team. We've, we've talked about the Seniors, the Mustafers, the Cliffords, the Browns. You know, Joey Porter played on Saturday, for example. But a lot of people are, are justify, justifiably enamored with Abdul Carter, Nicholas Singleton, and Katron Allen. What have you seen in their impact com- compared to what you thought their impact might be in August? I was there, actually, I remember going back to June when there was a media availability in June with the last year's freshman class that James Franklin was available, and we were talking to him out on the practice field, and that was Abdul Carter's first day on campus. And uh, I got to, you know, it was kind of, so he's walking across the practice field and kind of caught a glimpse, and that was the first time I'd seen him in person. And I remember thinking, yeah, he's <laughs> physically he's everything that James Franklin uh Said he was, you know, back on signing day last year. I mean, he, you know, he was, uh, he looked the part. I don't know. You might know this. I don't know. I didn't have a chance to look it up. I don't know that a true freshman has ever left led the defense or led Penn State's defense in tackles for losses and sacks. And that's what he's done this year with a runway to the season. I mean, you know, he didn't start leading them in defensive stats. It probably took six, seven, eight games. I mean, he started the last two. But it was this gradual kind of play, you know, uh, playing time rise. It was very similar. I thought I'm really smart in a way that, you know, what they did with Micah Parsons and kind of in kind of introducing him and introducing him behind a senior as Penn State did with Abdul Carter and Jonathan Sutherland to the point that he just, you could not bring him uh, off the field. And his pursuit to the ball, his the speed he showed. I thought that coverage play he made with the Michigan State with the touchdown to the Malik Carr, their 6'5", 260-pound tight end. I thought he actually had not bad coverage 
there. It's hard to cover a tight, a six-five tight end, and make the one-handed catch in the end zone. So that, even to me, that play was uh, that was a bit of a look. I thought that showed what you could expect from him in the future. He was he was the surprise to me. Like I know he had number eleven and a lot of uh, you know a lot of conversation coming in, but I, the running backs. I think there was I, I expected not them for them to be just the the entirety of the running game, but to be a focal point. Carter, I don't know that I expected him to make that kind of impact this year. You know what's interesting about Singleton and Allen? The fact that it happened organically, Mark, as you and I yeah. watched it play out, they're only separated by seven carries on the season. And that the beautiful thing about that is that their legs should be, you know, they're not going to be like Chase Browned up and 200 carries kind of thing this year. They're, that was beautiful. And that's the kind of thing that maybe you could see that continuing. That if you're able to have those two kind of backs who are willing uh, to shape that kind of workload and maybe even think about it as, as an asset to their future development and the future of their football career, that they are not going to come out of come out of college broken down as running backs and go to the NFL without a lot of wear and tear and without a lot of mileage. And the, just the way they were able to – I think maybe there was this impression that they were going to be a thunder and lightning combination, but I think you saw elements of both. As the season went on, too, you saw Catron Allen become the kind of guy who could break a run, and you saw Nicholas Singleton become the kind of back who could run over people. They really just seemed to share that position in not a way that they were playing off each other in different kind of talents, but they were a blend. And I don't remember seeing anything, uh, anything like that. I know Penn State was trying to come up with some numbers about you know the you know running back tandem totals. And they're up there um, with some of the you know the great tandem totals or great running back tandems that Penn State's had in history. Yeah, I asked uh, Nick about you know over the season what have you learned from Catron because the two of them are together all the time in practice, and he says Steve he's taught me patience. All right, it's like it's interesting they're picking up from each other as to as to how they're playing. Mark, it is always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much for the perspective. Look forward to talking again soon. Absolutely, will do. Enjoy your trip to South Carolina. All right, thanks. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. I've been down there like this will be like five or six days, Mark, in the month of November down there. I think somebody's going to give me a voter registration card here shortly. <laughs> That's true. I remember. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that, but yeah, you will. Yeah. So. Great. Oh thanks. man. We appreciate it.